you know, Hemingway stilled the demons with booze, and I still it with the Gut Check Podcast. Just so you know. <laughs> And now, brought to you by Olive Tree Bible Software. Read, study, anywhere. www.olivetree.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Gluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Zachary Bartles. And if there's a little uh, bit of a lift in my voice, Zach. Uh, it's because my spirits are lifted. Ah. Um, and you know why that is? Why is that? Because we're together. Yes. We're together in uh, Gut Check North, Lansing Studios. Um, your actual studio, uh, i.e. the sunroom, i.e. location of the settee, uh, where we record uh, usually with our thighs touching. Um, <laughs> that room is under renovation. The, so uh, The settee has been sold. That's a little bit of a down. Are you back down now? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. It's tough for me. Um, there, were, there are a lot of memories there. Yeah, uh, not only on the settee, but in the sunroom in general. So, uh, but I'm thrilled to be back here, baby. I'm thrilled to be back in the city that started it all. Really, you know, if you're a a longtime fan of the program, if you're a gut check historian, uh, then the the Lansing area is very meaningful to you uh, because we've had a lot of great experiences here in this in this area. Uh, we just had to make a minor adjustment here in the studio. <laughs> Got a lot of technology uh, here in front of us. Zach? There's no way we're at a sad card table that our kids just ate at and there's still crumbs on it. Absolutely not. We would never be at a sad card table <laughs> with with chip crumbs uh, from our kids. That's not how we do things as a company. How we do things uh, is, is to go back to our roots, Zach. And what we have here in front of us, we have two uh, cans of energy drink. And we're going to do something that's kind of vintage for this program, uh, which is to review some energy drinks on the air. And these are brand new to us. Um, Zach, why don't you why don't you talk about this drink? We'll both talk a little bit about where we got it, and uh, and then we'll review the drink uh, here on the air. Well, the now I, I I see you writing on your palm. What are you What are you writing there? I was writing down some other things we some, were going to talk some about. Some show later. notes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. because yesterday. Nine times we were like, oh, let's talk about that when we record tomorrow. Yeah. And then we both were like, today, what, are, what we were going to talk about? And we had nothing. Exactly. So I was just jotting some things down. Well, baby, introduce this drink because I'm intrigued by this and uh, I'm excited to review this on the air with you. Well, this drink has an image of, uh, it's either the famous Laughing Christ picture. Okay. Uh, or it is Bob Marley. <laughs> You know the one I mean? Yeah, that, that I do. Laugh, It looks just like it this. It does. Like, it exactly. looks exactly like this. Uh, and this is called Marley's One, one Drop, Drop with, with... Yeah, premium Jamaican coffee. Which is... Everyone is after the premium Jamaican coffee. Now, Zach, talk about your, your history with Bob Marley. I feel like this <laughs> is a... I'm assuming that that statement, you know, presupposes that you have a history <laughs> with, uh, with Bob Marley. Um... I feel like the history with Bob Marley, especially for white guys, is to go through one or two years, usually in college, of intense sort of pretending that you like Bob Marley and pretending that you like reggae when, in fact, you hate reggae. Um, now, you don't strike me as the kind of guy who would ever pretend to like anything that you don't like. I, Am I right about that? I never pretended to like Bob Marley. I've always, I've always been made very, very, very sad 
my encounters with Bob Marley, whether they are like... Talk about these encounters. I want, I want you to suss that out. Well, like in the dorm, seeing like a blanket hung on a wall. Always the blanket on the wall. Uh-huh. And the blanket was never... It was, it was never on a sofa used like a regular blanket. Right. It no was never ever, the kind of blanket you would ever wrap up in. You never saw anybody wrapped up in a Bob Marley blanket. Like a sick kid. Like, like a in, sick kid. Yeah. Or even someone sleeping beneath it like like you would <laughs> sleep underneath a standard blanket. No, it was. Right? it's purely, well, you bought, you paid a lot for it at like a flea market or like yeah. an art fair in Ann Arbor or Ooh, something. Ooh, an art fair. Yeah. And, and then you'd just put it on, tack it to the wall. Or, or you know, use it as a, as a window covering, a primitive window covering. <laughs> I know of a house not far from here with that going on. Of course. I, I do, Ted, I do like one reggae artist at present. Okay. And that is uh, Matis Yahoo, who was a Hasidic. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this guy. I've heard uh, of this guy. Jew, and now he's shaved the beard and he looks kind of weird, but he still makes really cool music. Now, what do you mean he shaved the beard? I feel like everybody's growing a beard right now. Well, this guy's shaving the beard. This guy had the religious, uh, the Hasidic Jewish beard uh, that you can't shave the, the yeah, tassels yeah, and the whole yeah, big yeah. thing. And he looked awesome, and he always had like the yarmulke on and everything. Mm-hmm. And and he made like kind of rap slash reggae that didn't have, it was it was driven. So yeah, it was yeah. it had some energy to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you know, when I hear that kind of stuff, it doesn't it doesn't make me sad. It's when you hear yeah. the kind of like floating down the river in yeah. the pot haze. Yeah. But uh, I I do like him. Um, but yeah, no, I've never I never went through. A, and when I was in college, dude, if it wasn't like MXPX or Value Pack or Rancid or No Effects or one of these Rancid. Yeah, these yeah. were these were the bands that were. That were you meaningful know, for you, yeah. that were special for you. Now, at Cornerstone, we both we both went to Christian colleges. Uh-huh. Uh, you, yourself at Cornerstone, I went to Taylor. What Were there, like, Bob Marley kids on your wing or your dorm floor? Oh, yeah, dude. There was a guy sure four doors down, Yeah, white dude from Flint, mm-hmm. always, always wearing the, uh, the, like, rainbow beanie thing. You know what yes. I'm saying? The knit beanie. Yeah. Playing hacky sack was he a, was he a hacky sack enthusiast? I don't recall, probably, yeah, or, or yeah. at least pretended to be. Like had one on, had him one on him just in case. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, I, I called him the Buffalo Soldier. Mm. Um, did he appreciate your sarcastic tone vis a vis that? Indeed, he did not. And okay. I know that, that I've, I've unloaded to you how there was quite a time, uh, late high school, early college, where I was uh, unapologetically a jerk. Yes. Uh, and if I didn't like someone, made no secret of it. Yeah. Uh, and this was during that time. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this guy seems like he was probably super nice. In fact, let me tell you a story. Yeah. Somebody broke into his room okay. and stole a drum set. Wow. Not steel drums. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't that into Bob Marley. Yeah. And Like a real drum set, an actual drum set. Ra- rather a new drum set. Okay. And instead of like calling the police or whatever... He taped a $20 bill to his door with a note that said, I forgive you, and if you need money, this is, you take this. No questions asked. Wow. And you know what I would said? What? Oh, that is so fake. Oh, that is so, Oh, you like, said it was fake. Yeah, not to him, but like yeah, to my yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's such a show. Yeah. You know, didn't Jesus say, blah, blah, don't, you know, do, do yeah. your works. And um, it, it, but, who also said, let your light shine before men. But it actually sounds like a really nice thing It to was do. actually a really yeah, nice thing. Yeah. I, thinking back, it was... Probably, almost certainly, 100% from a sincere place. What's the guy doing now? Do you know? Bob Marley guy. I bet he's doing some kind of like ministry in like a thankless uh, setting with inner city or something. Yeah, and and I did nothing but but, uh, drag him down. So now I'm down. Yeah, this is getting real. Now, what we need to to undown ourselves, uh, we need to take a sip of Marley's One Drop is the name of this product. And Zach, I want to draw your attention to a couple of things because when we were off the air, I was looking at at the can because I'm a, I'm a student 
uh-huh. of of marketing copy and just the way these cans are laid out. Um, this was manufactured in the USA for Marley Beverage Company LLC, Southfield, Michigan. Really? So Marley Beverage is located just down the road from us here in uh, in Southfield. Can you believe One Love dot org? One Love We may have to go to One Love dot org. Youth Planet. Yeah, Youth Planet. Peace, man. Yeah. Planet Peace. Yeah. Marley Products support OneLove.org, the Marley Family Charitable Organization. Now here we're going to say something like about yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. then it's going to be like me with the kid with the I know, and then the we're going to feel terrible when again. we look at yeah. the foundation. Yeah. yeah, they're probably helping, or or who knows, maybe they're who supplying knows? you know like drug rugs and, and pot to, to kids all over the world. To white college sophomores <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> A noble cause in A and of itself. A noble cause if there ever was one. Now, uh, Zach, not to tell you how to drink your drink, but you're supposed to shake this gently. Right, Have you shaken gently? I haven't yet. I'm shaking it This is the sound now. of it being shaken gently. This is the sound of Marley's One Drop. All right. Can you talk about the nose at all for me? Uh, I would say this smells quite a bit like maybe your standard Maxwell House Break coffee. room at a, at a yeah. oil change place, <laughs> right? You go, to, you go to Quick Lube... And they invite you into that sad little room uh-huh. with the magazines and a TV playing a soap opera. And, 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 and yeah. they have some coffee. And this is what it smells and like. And it's cold. And it smells yeah, like this. And it's cold this. and it smells like this. This is also cold. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I want to put this in my body. And you we know, got this. While you're, while you're waiting, can I read the copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Marley's One Drop. Bob Marley's music and message of peace, love, and unity have inspired generations. It is with that same passion that we present Marley's One Drop. So in no way were we just canning a really crappy coffee product. It was with the same exact passion and attention to detail. I can't imagine somebody like, I mean, like can after can after can, can going after by, can. and they're maintaining the passion, you know, like the right. Bob Marley. The energy, the passion, um, made with premium Jamaican coffee, real cane sugar, and all natural ingredients. It is the coffee drink. You can enjoy deep down in your soul. Now, you're a pastor. You're a man of the cloth. You're in. You're in the soul business. Uh-huh. So I want. You, I want you to unpack for me after you drink it. Whether you're feeling it deep down. All in your right. Soul. I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep you up to speed on that. So let's take a let's take a, a swig to peace, love, and unity. Yeah. Can it's not t- bad. Can you talk about it? It tastes quite a bit like uh, this. Strong, st- strong, strong bad. Mm-hmm. Starbucks uh, double shot thing mm-hmm. that I get frequently from the Speedway gas station by me, which is this cute little coffee place. Mm-hmm. Um, except this is a little sweeter. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel it in my soul. Actually, I don't feel it in my soul either. It tastes to me like gas station near my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you if you could bottle that flavor somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay. listen, listen. No disrespect whatsoever to Bob Marley or the gas or station family, near your house, or, or the gas station near my house. <laughs> you know what else this tastes like? Huh. Future stomach ache. <laughs> Ted, what's odd to me is that we bought these not at a gas station near anyone's house. Let's but talk about where we bought them. Yeah, keep at a, a health food store. We, we we went in and we took the gut check debit card and we yeah. bought. Two cans of six different, six different energy drinks. So you're going to be hearing a lot of energy drink reviews. We're getting back to our roots as a program. Yes. 
And this was a very hipster health food store, the the sort of which the exterior looks like a new barn. Right, a, a, but a barn made out of like corrugated, corrugated tin. Like, yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks I, like the shed where you used to store your mower in the 80s. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in a more hipster way. Mm. All right. Maybe we ought to move on from this. I think we should. Now, Zach, I, I remember one of the things that we said we were going to talk about. Oh, what was it? Time. What we were going to do, uh, and I think this dovetails nicely with your conversation about college and about what kind of guy you were in college. Um, we were going to produce for the listeners uh, a photograph of you. Similar to the photograph of my dead Garfield eyes. Oh, right. Stage as a 20-year-old. You had a little bit um, of a walking thing there. Yeah, a little walking. Gar- Gar- Garfield eyes. Stage. <laughs> we need to bring Chris Walken back. Garfield eyes. Stage. Can you, can you read the copy on the Bob Marley can and Chris Walken? Or can we get Chris in the studio to do it? I think that maybe I'm going to text Chris and see if he wants to come read a tweet. Okay. Yeah. See if he wants to come read a tweet. Now, Zach, you've uh, you've produced something for me here at the here in the studio, um, and we. If if you're a, a new listener to the program, uh, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Uh, if you've just joined the Gut Check Army, we appreciate you, and we appreciate you joining. We we continue to get people, Zach. We have a, a ton of people in the Gut Check Army now. Right, the, the Gut Check Army could probably take Panama at this point if we were organized yeah. and Cliff Graham was like arming us and, and yeah, training exactly us. and training us and helping us to. To stalk through the woods in just the right fashion, we could uh, we could definitely take Panama. Uh, but Zach, you left the studio for a minute. You came back, and you had something in your hands. And three somethings, three somethings. And what you have are senior pictures from high school, which uh, which you'll post with the show notes, and which you lost when you were an actual senior in high school. Am I right? Yeah. And then I found them when I cleaned out my locker, and I had like hidden. Like I remember going to youth group and like asking people, just you know, pray that I find these because I feel awful. My parents paid. Yeah. All this money for them, and and I can't find them to give them to people. And you went and posed, and you 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 did the thing where you slung the the sport coat over your shoulder, rakishly. We'll find out what yeah. I did in a minute here. Okay, what you did or didn't do. Yeah. Let me, with no further ado, let me yeah. just yeah. drop these on the table. Okay. As yeah. It were. Yeah. Yeah. That's it reminds great. me of a scene from Reraptured again. But I'm getting ahead <laughs> it, of ourselves here. It does. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to talk okay. about this one. This is this is one of the labeled number one on okay. the uh, yeah on the number shows. one. I see a, I see a fresh-faced young man here. There's a little bit of that finish on it where they, they tried to make it like a canvas, you know, like an yeah. artist canvas. Yeah, that was very 90s, very that mid-90s. very, very 90s. Also 90s was a, a part straight down the middle of your hair. <laughs> yeah. Chris O'Donnell hair. Chris O'Donnell hair and sort of hooks <laughs> of hair. Like the bangs are hooks. Yeah, hooks of hair kind of sweeping down. Almost meeting again in the middle. Almost meeting again in the middle. Almost forming like a a, a zero of flesh right <laughs> right in your forehead, but well, not quite well, but, touching. Yeah, right. or, yeah. Everyone's like, "Will they touch? Are they yeah. Touch? Will, they, will touch? they touch? Are they going to touch? Yeah, they're not touching. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, and, and you've got a, a what looks to be a black a black button down. It's, it's a dark green, it's like a forest green. It's like a forest green, which was another huge nineties. I love that green. shirt, man. That, that, that tore apart, like the sleeve tore off it after I moved here in 2005 no, and I was bummed. And there's a little bit of foliage in the background and you're seated. It looks like with your hand on your knee. Um, Zach, I want you to talk about, uh, your frame of mind at this stage in life. And, uh, I'll ask you the same question you asked me when we did the dead Garfield eyes episode, okay. which okay. is what would you tell this Zach? Now, now, do you mean like this? Just this, me at this age, or like the what's 
evinced in this picture of me. You could do both, or either. But let us know which one you're doing, okay? <laughs> you know, why don't we save that for the end, man? It seems like a summary. Okay. All right, more of a summary bit. Can I see another picture then? Uh, well, first, I want to I want to ask you if you notice anything missing from this from this particular picture. Like when you look at my face now, Ted, what's what's a very prominent uh, feature? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little more of it. Well, that's, okay, okay, Ted, that's very mean. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, no, I mean, uh, yeah, you 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 get like, like you got some beauty marks. Yeah, you got you've got beauty marks. In, three, in the, three, three moles and a triangle on my left cheek. In the in the fashion of Marilyn Monroe. Now, uh, these <laughs> these moles were airbrushed out, obviously, by at whose request is my not question. mine. And Tron went in, airbrushed it, and and then printed them all out and sent them to me. And I was like, "Where are my moles?" You- so this, this wasn't your mom's handiwork here, where where she t- pulled the artist aside and said, uh, "Would you would you please do something about that?" I sure hope not. I don't know. You know, that's 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 part of who I am, dude. Now, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about like this penchant that we have for like airbrushing away imperfections? Or um, or things that perfect you in or this case. That perfect you in this case, yeah. Uh, I think that it's bogus, and and you know it really is sad to think that a young boy, mm-hmm. you know, seventeen years old, just a fresh kid. face, the world's ahead the of whole, him, your whole life ahead of you. Look at that smile. You know why I'm smiling like that there? Because you're not ashamed of your moles on your face. I didn't know that the moles were going to be taken from me, and I was going to be. You didn't even know feel... that it was an issue. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No one had ever made an issue out of the moles before. I didn't know that it was going to offend somebody. Or yeah. 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 So let me let me show you a similar picture here. Okay. Let's have a look at it. Now I want you to describe mm. what's going on okay. with the body here. This is... Yeah. What's going on with the body? Wow. Okay. We've got a very kind of '90s light wash jean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And your hands are jammed into the pockets with the thumbs like sticking with the thumbs out and then... hanging over. And Zach, I want to talk about the belt because this is something that we <laughs> talked about with our with our wives last night. A particular '90s phenomenon was the braided belt, the braided leather belt, right? And that's what you're wearing in this picture. Now, what you haven't done is sort of lopped <laughs> the long, the long kind of into the belt over and, and beneath itself and left it to dangle sort of phallically in front of you, <laughs> as is, was the fashion of the '90s. This is like nine weeks after that stopped being. <laughs> Like the thing to do, or maybe nine weeks before it started being the thing to do. No, I, I think know. that I, I wore the braided belt long after you were supposed to. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife, who was then not my wife, was like stopped me from wearing it at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- this I think is one of the. This is one of these situations where they're like, uh, now it's going to feel awkward, but when you see but the pictures, but it looks natural. <laughs> no, it I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this doesn't look natural <laughs> at all. Did it feel natural? No, no. I remember okay. how it felt. Yeah, how. Uh, weird and unnatural and, uh, and really, weird. really awkward. Yeah. yeah. No, this is the one that I'm that I'm most proud of, Ted. Okay, this is the third. This is number three. Uh, if you're following in the show notes, oh look at this! <laughs> look at this guy! Look at this dapper gentleman! <laughs> now, Zach, I want you to talk about uh, before I even get into you or what you're wearing. Okay. I, I want to get into the backdrop for this because it looks like you're in like Mr. Miyagi's house in Karate Kid Two, like you've flown to Okinawa. <laughs> Maybe you've met Kumiko. Maybe you've already had a tea service or two with her uh-huh. in which she's taken the chopstick out of the bun in her hair. <laughs> the hair is cascaded down. You're, Your shoes are off. You're losing me, man. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but what, 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 what's going on in the background and what was meant by that? I, I have no idea. I don't remember this part of it being inside. Yeah. It looks a lot like they're, they're going for the kind of 
the the kind of eastern look. Yeah. The paper windows. Paper windows. Maybe some swords hanging on, uh, on the wall. You I'm know? surprised there aren't like colored floodlights or spotlights shining up from behind, shining through the paper. That's right. That would have been nice. That would have. It would have been very ni- nicesties. I mean, <laughs> it didn't yeah. work. No, it, it did work. It did work. <laughs> now you're you're wearing a couple things that are very nineties. If, if you if you'll just let me suss this out, um, and I made this mistake as well, um, <laughs> and that is going with the collarless shirt. Yeah, the tab, the the, 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 the tab, the banded tabbed collar, which was a thing. No, the tab collar I think is what a priest wears. This is yeah, just yeah, a, yeah. This is just a banded collar. MacGyver always wore these. I remember that. Right. And why did we think these were cool in the nineties? I have, I think, because like I, I think it might have started. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. With like Luke Perry and his ilk on like nine hundred two one zero. I think it did. I think it did. And yeah. then it spread yeah. along with like big sideburns in the nineties. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now you you're wearing one of those shirts, standard white, um, over which. <laughs> Appears to be the kind of vest that you wear beneath your rented tux for prom. So it's as though you went back to like the tux rental place. Did you do this? And you said, and 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 they said, sir, what what size of a tux would you like? And what kind of an event are you going to? And you said, no, 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 I just want the vest with like the red silky sheen on the front. And you can see there's some paisley going on. There's a kind little of paisley, the- baby. This is just like the vest I wore to my junior prom, except mine was in. This is Zora. It was purple. Oh, buddy! Because my date's dress was purple. Uh huh. Right, right. So you needed so the purple. I needed a purple vest. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, when you're putting on the uh, formal wear and yeah. you're white, mm-hmm. um, don't wear purple. Yeah, I know. You can't I, I know pull this it off. in retrospect. You can yeah. you can pull it off if you if you have some more, um, you know, melanin and and you're and you've got a little bit. If I look a little more like Bob Marley, is what you yes. Say. Yes. No, I don't think even Bob Marley could pull off a purple suit. Okay. I think you have to be really smooth in a ways that you or I could never possibly be. I was not smooth as a junior in high school. I, I, don't I think can say this without. Yeah. yeah, right. I can say this without qualification. Was not smooth. Now, let I'll, me tell you about that vest, though. Please do. Because uh, th- that didn't come from the Tux Rental Place. Okay. It did, in <laughs> fact, come from my mother's sewing room. Oh. Along with, I want to say, oh, four other vests at she- my, like, Insistence. She made you the vests out of, a, out of a McCall's pattern. And McCall's, absolutely. You went to teach, now, I, I, I want you to set this up for me. You went to Joanne Fabrics with your mom. You're flipping through the McCall's book. And you stopped on the vest page and you said, that. I want four of these. No, more okay. like we were at like Fashion Square Mall in Saginaw. Yeah, not sad. And <laughs> whatever the, sh- I don't remember what the store to shop mm-hmm. at at the time was. And I saw... Like a vest, and I was like, "Ooh, I like that vest." Yeah. And my mother said, "I could make one like that." Hmm. And I was, and, and then she looked at the price tag. And she yeah, looked at yeah, the price she tag, the price tag first. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I said, "All right, give it a shot," because my mom is a very talented seamstress. Yeah. And Which she, is a thing that we share, both of our moms. Yeah. Yeah. My mother made one, and I wore it, and nobody was like, "Hey, that looks homemade." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Mom, you're like this is a success." Then we went to Joanne's, and I was like, "That's that, that fabric, fabric, that, that fabric, fabric, that fabric." Uh, and so I was kind of vest guy my senior year of high school. You were vest guy. Now this is fascinating. Banded collar vest man. Banded collar vest man. Now, now persona wise, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here for a few minutes, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm gonna dive emphysema if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah. So. <laughs> what did, What did you feel like the vest was accomplishing vis a vis your persona <laughs> in high school as a senior? Here's the thing. So it's 1995. What were you trying to pull off? It's 95. The world was different then. The world is looking like. 
Like, I mean, grunge was the thing. Dude, yeah, 95. Slightly post-grunge. People are still hanging on to it in the suburb where I lived. Yeah, yeah, and where I lived. So we're looking at, like, the really dirty, like, Nirvana shirt that hasn't been washed in a million years. Or the, the ripped-up flannels. The Junkos or whatever you called. What'd you call those giant, uh, like, jeans? Just big baggy jeans. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, like, you could get, like, three people in these jeans. Three people. Easy. And, and like, like everything was just really sloppy, yeah. and, and I knew that wasn't me, and I wanted to kind of go to the You're opposite You're like, I'm extreme. going the other direction. Give me a freaking vest. Yeah. Give me four. Yeah. Give me four homemade vests, I'm going the other you know direction. What? I don't want to go all out and have like a yeah. collar yeah. and a tie. That's right. Lose the tie. I want people to know I can still have some fun, you know? <laughs> I'm not all business here, you know? <laughs> I'm not all like stock reports and, and saying sell into a phone and all that stuff. It's not like I'm wearing suspenders under the vest. You know? No, I, I want to know, did you wear the vest and the dress shirt over jeans? Or were, were there slacks involved? No, no, day? man. I, I, I think when I wore the... I think I only really wore the vest on, on dress-up occasions. Okay. Like uh, on the swim team. Like banquet, when, banquet night. Yeah, or, or game... Or, or meet, meet, meet day. Meet we're night. going out. Yeah, you know, yeah. want to look nice. Go nice for the road trip. And, and yeah. then, uh, like... Most of the time, I was like khakis in uh, polo or pack. khakis in a rugby guy, big rugby, time. Which, too. honestly, khakis, I love the rugby. But you got to admit, there's something just, if a guy's wearing khakis in a rugby, that it, screams That guy's like, a douche. It screams, yes. I'm a douche. That, that's like, don't let your daughter go with him, because yeah. if it's not someone I know, yeah. like the chance that they're like a date rapist just like quadrupled. I would never let my daughter go out with a khakis and, and, and rugby guy. Yeah, even, even though that was that was me and I was the nicest mm-hmm. guy around, is yeah. something about it that like, it, uh, it seems to overlap a lot with like, really snide, like, unfeeling... Yeah, like, hard-hearted, kind of frat guy behavior. Yeah, like, rich, and I can get away with any... Like, when I get arrested, I'll be out of here in 20 minutes because I just call my my dad, dad and he owns the town. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And none of that was true of me, obviously. Right, But, uh, yeah, that was was my my choice of of fashion. Now, this is fascinating. What we're going to do, we're going to post these online with the program. So we'll give you a chance to see... Uh, what young Zachary Bartles looked like. Now, I want to ask you a question here. Yeah, because fire away. You, you insisted when we were looking at the dead Garfield eyes picture of you yeah. from, from yeah. probably the same year, 95, right? 90, unbelievable. Yeah, about you, the same year. You said that we would have been friends. In which I was wearing a rugby, but I wasn't that guy either. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of looked like that guy. I did look a like, little I looked bit. exactly like that guy. <laughs> but now looking at this, I like, that. to put this, in fact, hold on. Yeah. We're doing a highly a high tech thing here in the studio. What I think is happening here is we're going to see these photos next to the Garfield eyes. That photo. is correct, man. All right, now <laughs> so here here they are side by side. Yeah. Sort of, do you really see these two guys like <laughs> sitting down and, and and chatting? I I do. Okay. You know you know what I think we're dealing with here. What's that? I, I think we're dealing with a, a certain feeling and a certain vibe that's one-sided because I feel, I feel open-minded. And I, I feel hopeful, and my heart is open to the fact that I think we could have been friends. But you see me, and all you see is a huge neck and a, and a weird pencil, pencil-y beard, and a set of and a gigantic neck and a set, and a set of dead, half-lidded Garfield eyes, and a rugby, and a rugby. Which, admittedly, that's not a great. That's not a great hopeful look. I see that I guy still taking like, one look at the vest. This side of his his uh, lip kind of s- curling up <laughs> in a sneer, and him saying something to his his t- 
teammate about the vest. Yeah? Do you see that as a possibility? Here's the thing. <laughs> Zach, for me, and, and I'm going to get real here. I'm going to get a little, uh, a little raw here. All right, yeah. I feel like for me it was all about context. Like in 1995, if you had been at my college and living on my dorm floor and we knew each other and like I knew your you know, your taste in movies and your musical taste and we could have had some ha-has together and like hung out in the room a little bit and watched some movies, we would have been we would have been best buds. Right? Okay. But if walking around campus and, and here's where my insecurity plays in. Like if I would have perceived you as a threat to me in any way, I.e., if I had seen you, vest. <laughs> well, no, if I had seen you like getting out of a nice car, okay, like getting out of some car that I feel like your your trust fund, like daddy had bought you, you know what I mean? Okay. Or if I had seen you sort of like I don't know with your arm around some girl that I liked or thought was hot or whatever, I would have decided to hate you at that point, mm-hmm. and then it would have gotten vicious. Now here, here's two things, man. One, yeah, um, you would have seen me get out of a 1984 Grand Prix. And I would have been fine with that. I would have had no problem with that. And two, I think, now that I think about it, yeah. I was still viewing the world mm-hmm. very much in a uh, people who are who are not like me are... Are, uh, are terrible people. To be thrown are to, to the wolves. Are to be thrown to the wolves, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and the fact that you were wearing the rugby mm-hmm. and were kind of clean cut yeah. rather than being kind of, you know, like my, my freshman year of college, um, there were still a lot of people dyeing their hair like pink and Yeah, and yeah. This, which, I wasn't that guy. Which I, th- I think, looking back, is kind of like, when, when else would you do that by college? Yeah, That's sure, fun. sure, sure, sure. But in the moment, I would have been like, and, and if you and I could have shared like a, like a laugh at, at the yeah. expense of, of, of If we those... could have found somebody to, to dislike together. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, that speaks volumes. Not it really good does. volumes. No, but... not good volumes, but... Uh... But baby, we like each other now, and that's the that's the whole point. <laughs> but I think we would have back then too, and I, I wish you could see it. That I way. wish there was some way we could we could. I wish make we could test happen. this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, all kidding aside, I wish there was time travel. I really do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the coolest thing. And see, <laughs> you're so passionate right now. I think it's the coolest thing. And like, I don't like science fiction. Uh-huh. I'm not into sci-fi movies. I don't care about space. Hear me when I say I don't give a crap about space. Space church, yes, but not just space, space. church. Yeah, I don't give a crap about space. I don't care about. I don't care about the future. Really, I, I, space could just disappear. And, and space could disappear. Care. It, would, it wouldn't. It wouldn't impact me one way or the other. I wish I could go back in time. Uh huh. I wish I could do time travel. What would you do? I'd do it all. I'd, I, I, I would literally do it all. Now, this time travel, is this you go back and relive, or is this you go back as you now relive, or maybe watch? Okay. And just, just observe? Yeah, let me tell you a story that happened to me uh, just, just a couple days ago down in, uh, in my hometown in Empty Factory, Indiana. Okay. Right? I was back in my hometown. We can, so I'm back, I'm back in my hometown. I'm in Empty Factory, Indiana last week. And I went to the Y. I went to the YMCA with my dad to get a lift. Right? And I walk in. And there's this really kind of older lady um, you know, sitting there on one of the machines exercising. And she goes, hey, Teddy Cluck. Teddy, uh-huh. she says. And, and I look at her and she goes, um, she goes, you, you don't remember me, do you? And I, and I said, you know, I don't. I, I wish I did. Um, you know, can you, can you refresh my memory? And she was a lady that worked downtown at this like department store, right? Okay. So before all the stores closed in my town, like there's nothing downtown now. She That's worked sad. at this department store called Murphy's. Okay. And I used to go in there with my mom when I was a really little kid. 
And this lady, this is unbelievable. She remembered my first and last name. She remembered my parents. And she recognized She you recognized all me. All these decades later. All these decades later, just the features of my uh-huh. face. Right? And she goes, and this is the part that blew my mind. And this is what made me think of time travel. Because <laughs> I would want to go back and okay. like relive this. Because it was so pure. Okay. And so nice. Uh-huh. She goes to me, she goes, you used to like looking at records and toys and fish. Oh. She remembered what I like to look at, dude. Dude. It was unbelievable. It was like it was truly the like the best thing that's happened to me in Empty Factory, Indiana, in my hometown in like years. And so what you'd like is to be able to walk downtown, have it be full of stores. Full of stores, full of people, the hustle Murphy's. and bustle, the Murphy's is yeah. healthy. Walk in there without any thought of what anyone thought about anything. Yeah. Without any without any uh grown up worry Pretense or avarice or, or, avarice or anything like that. And yeah. just look at some records and some fish. Dude, and I buy a bunch of records and then I tip her like fifty bucks. You know, <laughs> the sweet lady. Oh man, that's, isn't that unbelievable? That's a great story. So now, so if you could go back in time, mm-hmm. you'd choose like 1984 in my hometown. I'd go to all the old places. I'd go to the parks. I'd go to, and like buy sodas, and uh-huh. uh, I, I'd do all the old stuff. Man, go to the public pool. All It'd right, be amazing. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It is awesome. What would you do if I could time travel? If you could have time travel. I probably would go get uh, Gray Sports Almanac and then make a whole bunch of money betting on the Super Bowl. Like Biff Tannen. Yeah. Is that what Biff Tannen did? That's exactly yeah, what Biff Tannen yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. In the one that I don't watch. That's the one I don't like as much. Oh, it's dark. It's dark. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite one. Is it really? Yeah. Talk about that. I just I like um, the fact that M- Michael J. Fox plays like everybody in his family. I mean, he does yeah. it badly, but he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. And I like that uh, there's like three of everybody. Like you're like... you're. you're it pushes you to to keep the whole plot in your mind, uh-huh. but it's not hard. It's not like yeah. Inception where you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, it's not like hard work. Like it, you're tired afterwards. It's just you know? like kind of. It's like a. It's a roller coaster. It's great, yeah. uh, and it revisits all the best moments from the first movie. You get to get watch like you know Biff get punched again. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know all this Johnny B. Goods getting played again. Oh, I love it. I love it. It, it it kind of it, it reminds you of the the sweetest part of time travel, which yeah. would be that you could go back to those iconic moments that that make you feel good. And now I, I want to know. I'm going to push you a little bit. Wait, you, it, when I asked you where you would go in time travel, like in the past, mm-hmm. you kept me at bay a little bit with your humor, <laughs> with your words, and you immediately you immediately leaned on Biff Tannen and what Biff Tannen would say. But I'm not interested in Biff Tannen. Thanks for not letting me get away with that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit. Where would you go? And what um, would you do? Well, I mean, can I go anywhere? Because like anywhere. right now, I can't go anywhere. No, 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 a time no, no, machine wouldn't change that, would it? I, f- I feel as though anywhere would be... Well, no, but Back to the Future, like they just went back to, to Hill Valley of uh-huh. the past. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's say... When would I go, is what you're saying. When would you go, and, and kind of what would, you, what would you see, what would you want to see? Well, I would probably want to go... Let's see. First of all, I well, here's the thing. Now, can I can I set aside the logistical things in my mind like if I went to certain places, everyone would die from the germs I would bring. You're getting hung up on that. I am. I'd all like right, you to so not. I all want of you that to is out the window. Conversationally, just rhetorically. Play I'd like the to game with I'd you. like to go back to like significant historical events mm-hmm. to know what they really looked like and were like. Interesting. Signing of the the, the Declaration of Independence rather. Oh, really? Wow. Um, you know, like uh, I'd like to see the 450 prophets of Baal, I'll be put to death. Okay. That's dark, but, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm writing a book about it now, so. This list um, is actually a lot more impressive than mine. I, I would go to Murphy's and, like, buy a record. <laughs> and then, like, ride my bike to the public pool and get a Mountain Dew. And you you, you want to go see, like, you know, Christ being born in the manger and all this stuff. 
You know what? Some people think big. Some people think more in I think know, like more, intimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah intimate now, settings. Let me ask you something, and this might sound stupid. Yeah, is time travel real? I don't know. Wow, that's a that's a <laughs> deep and probing and interesting question. <laughs> you know, I feel like we might have uh, kind of played out our our kind of metaphorical time travel and the the discussion of actual time travel. What fun that led to, though. These pictures, indeed, yeah, yeah. That's you know, it maybe I couldn't give those to all my classmates in 1995 and six. You but can give it to them now. I can give them to you now. Well, I could give them to my my classmates if I was going to our 20 year reunion, which is a week and a half from today. Yeah. But I'm not. Now, if you were going to your 20 year reunion, um, why are you, why are you not going? First, I actually was going to be. I finally I finally caved and because I, I think those go. things are a riot, man. I do. I I wound up. My parents uh, rented a like a. Cottage okay. for the whole family and my sister and her kids, me and everybody together. Yeah, uh, and it happened to be over that same period time. of time. Yeah, so you had and, to make a hard choice. In fact, you? I even had a, a girl that I didn't even really know in high school mm-hmm. told me she was going to buy my ticket because I was a pastor. Oh wow! And I was like, wow, that's really nice. Yeah, just a kind gesture. Yeah, and yeah. then and then I had to you know text her and say I. Never mind the ticket. I'll see yeah. you at the 30-year, when everyone's yeah. even more I'll swollen. see you in a decade. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll see you in 10 years. Oh, oh. I know. Dude, I wish time travel was possible. I do, too. <laughs> or maybe just, like, time slowing. Mm. You know, like, kind of slowing time so mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. like, the 30-year reunion didn't come as quickly as the 10 and like then the 20. It could 30 years away from now. <laughs> yeah, right. I know what you mean, baby. I we sound grizzled, man. You know what I wouldn't change about the past? What's that? Not one bit... What's that, man? I wouldn't change any word that we wrote or any aesthetic choice that we made on a book called The Gut Check Guide to Publishing. You Uh, and I are in the same camp then. I would change nothing about it. It's called The Gut Check Guide to Publishing, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why to Do It Your Way. Um, In this cover, and and I consider myself kind of an aficionado of book covers because you and I are both in the book business. Um, I think this is a beautiful, handsome cover. I wouldn't change a thing about it. And he, here's what makes me sad. And I'm going to oh. get raw again. Oh, this is the raw episode. It's the raw episode where we're, we're leaving nothing back, right? <laughs> we're just opening up a vein for our listeners. Um, we're, we're, we're basically walking into kind of like the empty husk of what was once Murphy's department store and just kind of wandering around. Wandering around the wreckage, the remains the- like hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Photographing it from different angles. Instagramming it. Instagramming it. Right. Look how profound this is, this bag blowing in it's the, the wind. It's the most beautiful thing it's I've ever seen. the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, right? So um, we did uh, something about a week week or so ago that companies often do. Um, which is to run run the numbers, as it were. Uh-huh. So we which pull, was overall very overall encouraging. extremely encouraging. We we bring together all the products that we've done as a company, kind of take a look back, look at how how much revenue they've generated. Um, you know, we pace around the boardroom and loosen our ties and, and flip over pages on flip charts and, and talk about growth. Yep. Right. Uh, somebody's saying slide, and then the slide changes. Yeah. Yeah. You say slide, or you say okay now. You know, and the guy the guy clicks the thing and the slide changes. And then we just kind of snap our fingers and, and income like like uh, a tray of coffee. Yeah, yeah, and some Danishes and like a rolling bar. Yeah, yeah, a rolling bar, a hilarious bar with rum on it. And somebody says, "Is is that Danish spoken for?" <laughs> <laughs> so the point being, though, um, I feel like maybe we've gotten off course a little bit. <laughs> we 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 ran the numbers for the Gut Check Guide to Publishing, and I was shocked. I was astonished. To find <laughs> that this beautiful baby book, which we were 
gloating, gloating over, over the, the future success of. Yes, yeah. yes. We had already spent the money. I wish time travel was possible for that. I wish time travel was possible <laughs> so I could go back and feel that way again because I felt so hopeful. <laughs> We this, thought this was going to be like our smoking book, which has sold more than like a lot of actual A lot of our traditionally traditional published books. books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The smoking book, if you don't have it, uh, it's called The Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion. It's a wonderful coffee table book. Oh, everybody has it. But buy one everybody for, has for it. like your buy one for the, father-in-law. The father-in-law, the uncle, the man in your life who you think has everything, but he doesn't have that. I guarantee it. And he needs it. He needs it on his coffee table to display. Yes. Um, this book, though, is a little bit different story. In that, it's only sold 20 copies. 20 copies. Now, I, I think about that, and I think, those, those 20 people, God bless them, wherever they are. They one, can, of, one, of, one of them is you, right? One, one of them is me. <laughs> now, tell me. Let, let's footnote that. Let's stick a pin in, in where we were going. Have you ever bought one of your books on Amazon just at full price? Like, to, not going to, to create space. To make the rank go to up? To make the rank go up. Yes. I did that with this book. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I went to the page. I was saddened by the ranking. <laughs> I had a little bit of money in my pocket, as it were. And I just said, you know what? I want to experience getting this in the way that the consumer would get it. <laughs> in that I want to pay full price for it and have it come in the little Amazon box. And uh-huh. I want to open it up and, and feel what they feel. Uh-huh. Um, so I did that and I, I don't regret that. Except that, and here's the part I regret, 20 people is actually 19 right, yeah, people, yeah. In, in the sense that one of those 20 was, was, was me. Oh, so I, you could fit those 19 people in the studio that we're in now. And I, and I guess, and I'm, I'm taking a roundabout way to get there, but I guess that's the part, Zach, that makes me sad. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, I understand that. And I'm going to cut right to the chase here when I say I wish more people would buy this book. <laughs> I just walked away. Yeah, I just I'm walked. Pick up the mic and drop it. 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 It's it's too much for me emotionally. Well, you know, what? I need a minute. Rather than try and uh, you know pull the heartstrings of people, I yeah. find that doesn't work very well. No. Um, maybe we should show them a little bit of what they're missing. Show don't tell. So, uh, let me which open is a this writing thing. <laughs> let me tell you about this book. The first half of it mm-hmm. is uh, about the traditional publishing world. Yep. So this is about querying agents, making a book proposal, what to expect, when to pursue traditional. We got chapters like making your own keys, understanding the brave new world of publishing, evolution of indie, from albatross necklace to hipster tattoo, because the second half is about indie publishing. That's right. And when to just grab the keys and go yourself. Yep. Now here's what we assumed here, and I think this is where we went wrong. When we made the the smoking book. We assumed that there was a, a huge kind of unserved audience of guys out there who, who were Christians, who wanted to have a nice smoke like gentlemen, mm-hmm. and who wanted a little something to read in, in that space. Now, another assumption we made, and we made this assumption, Zach, because all the time people are emailing and texting us and wanting to go out to coffee <laughs> and not paying for the coffee <laughs> and asking us a lot of questions about publishing. Uh-huh. So we thought, what if we put all that wisdom into this book and then offered it for people who want to get published? And the other thing, and maybe this is where we went astray as well, is yeah. what made us think that, that this might be a good book to write was uh, when we did the teaching, the, the workshop mm-hmm. at several different uh, writing conferences. 
The room was full. The body language was really good. Lots of laughter. And everyone said, you should write a book about that. Yeah, right. And what and- we did was we took that to heart and we actually wrote a book about it. <laughs> But maybe what they were doing was just being nice. What's more is we wrote the best book that we've written. <laughs> yeah, together to date. The yeah. fact that like 900 people have bought Younger Wrestler Reformer. Which is no disrespect intended to that book. To it's us. okay. It's a funny book. And I mean, I see this as being on par with the smoking book. I do too. Not better or worse. It's a similar book. And that one has sold thousands upon thousands Multiple of thousands. Copies. Yes. Multiple thousands. Um... Uh, yeah, so I think maybe it's just a late bloomer. It, it's made it us is. very wealthy men. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We haven't paid for any meals this weekend. And so the kind a... of men who can go out to a hipster grocery store and overpay for a bunch of energy drinks. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But you know what? If you want us to continue to be these kind of men, that's right. you're going to need to buy. And we would like to continue being that kind of man. <laughs> they let us be clear. For you guys. Yeah, for you guys. We want to continue to serve you in that way. Uh, let's move from this book uh, on to another book, the... Um, Zach, we're going to transition from the Gut Check Guide to Publishing to um, a book, another book that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, the book is called Re-Raptured. Um, it's a humble little rapture satire. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun little book about the end times and about guns and about football. And, and about it's sold a lot more copies than the Gut Check Guide. And about controlling people with microchips in their necks. And it's also... It's it, you know it's kind of the same whimsical like you'd see all that stuff that you just mentioned in yeah. Murphy's yeah you would go there yeah. like yeah. you liked looking at at fish and 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 at looking records. at records and controlling guys with microchips embedded in their necks it harkens back to a simpler time <laughs> is what it does so if you like nostalgia if you like a roll down memory lane uh, you want to you want to run to Amazon and pick up Reraptured but Reraptured Zach also happens to be the centerpiece of Gut Check Literacy Month which is a which it's is an, no laughing matter. No, it's not because it's it's an important opportunity for our company to to sort of give back. Mm-hmm. I mean, this company's been so good to us, um, and it, it's provided a level of excess and glamour, and, and and really fame beyond our wildest dreams. Twenty copies, man. Twenty. Yeah, copies. yeah twenty. Think about that. Nineteen. Well, nineteen. I, right. Because, because <laughs> right, I have one yeah, of the copies. Yeah, right. But um, all that aside, uh, it's important for us to give back, and the way that we're doing that. Um, the way that we feel called to give back is to read our book out loud on this program. <laughs> and then tell you to buy it anyway. <laughs> and then tell you to buy it anyway. We are uh, mid-chapter, Zach, because we, we broke up a chapter. It was a long uh, a long and complex chapter, as, as all great novels do, you know, thinking here of War and Peace and, uh, and Moby Dick. There's we had just, to make a call. We had to make a call. We had to make a judgment call. So uh, we broke up the chapter. So this is the... Final half of chapter 23, this been sensational. Um, and I'll start us off, okay? Alrighty. All of this gives Carol Ann the time to wander the stadium unabated. She slips into a concourse bathroom and tries to dab the blood off her wedding <laughs> jumper. She applies makeup for the first time in her life and does such a poor job that she has to wash her face and reapply several times. The breastfeeding mothers in the bathroom roll their eyes. <laughs> Got a date, sweetheart? Asks one of the ladies. No, I'm starting a courtship. She replies, starting a courtship. <laughs> well, I hope you're getting your parents involved, says the lady. <laughs> you have no idea. Section break. When Duke Morrison gets nervous, he usually gets really drunk, and then he goes on walks. Lots of walks. He owns a pair of... <laughs> White orthopedic tennis <laughs> shoes, which he wears to go walking in a Denver shop. 
shopping mall each morning. He then stops at a at a mall McDonald's for a small coffee and the morning paper. This, the mall walking, is perhaps the least cool thing that anyone has ever done. Who wrote that one? Was that you? This is you, dude. It's me? No, it's funny. During a TV timeout, he mutters, I'll be right back, and sneaks in a short, (laughs) ultra-brisk walk around the lower concourse of Dynex Lifeway Stadium, and briefly settles into a classroom to think things through. He's not overly worried about getting up to the sidelines before the game resumes. He's not needed there, now that Strongbow has inexplicably gained superhuman athletic ability. Plus, Darby and Wiles are still hanging around up there, refusing to pick up any of Morrison's hints that maybe they've overstayed their welcome, and that maybe they aren't destined to weather the end of days together. Maybe he should just head back up there and get that awkward conversation over with. His thoughts are interrupted by the realization that there's been a young woman standing in the doorway for some time. He detects heavy breathing and the faint odor of rubbing alcohol. What? Why is that? It's from hand sanitizer in the bathroom. I don't know. I actually don't know why. Duke? She asks as he turns from his notes. Yes, but you can... (laughs) Yes, but you can call me Coach Morrison, he replies. He gives her the once-over, which is what you do if you are Duke Morrison and are, to be honest, pretty sought after sexually in spite of your age. (laughs) Is that a wedding jumper? He asks. She shuffles nervously, trying to call upon a clever line of dialogue from the mountain of Amish romance novels that she's read, (laughs) before realizing that if there was a clever line of dialogue in one of those books, it would be the first time. (laughs) Um, yeah, she says. It is. (laughs) Morrison is clearly dumbstruck. He stands quietly for a moment, unsure as to what to say. I I like your wedding jumper, he says, (laughs) finally. As a professional athlete and a media figure, he is used to saying things he doesn't mean and has gotten quite good at it. Can I help you with something, he asks. She looks disappointed. In her mind, he would just sort of intuitively know that it was her. I'm Carol Ann Ironsides, she says, dramatically. He still looks puzzled. His eyes are glassy from the doers and the (laughs) events of the day. She mistakes this for real human emotion. (laughs) Come again, he says. This is an old time. <laughs> this is an old timey figure of speech. Caroline Ironsides, she says. It's getting super awkward now. <laughs> Finally, he reaches. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I think we wrote this together at I your house in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, he reaches a hand inside his jacket pocket, and her countenance changes. It's all happening. She moves toward him in warmth, but instead of producing an engagement ring, he pulls out an 8x10 glossy headshot. Morrison grabs a sharpie off the desk and scribbles, Best W, DM. (laughs) The phone rings, to which he replies, I've got to take this. It's about Strongbow. He didn't even bother to write out wishes, she thinks. Eventually, she leaves. Oh, that's a a tough interaction between the two of them. I remember writing that together, because it has vestiges of you (laughs) and me. Some of the best stuff, man. Yeah. Emma hangs a sharp right, her front bumper less than four feet from the back of Misty's car. The rain is starting to come harder, and she doesn't want to lose her roommate's 1993 Jetta. She's been in pursuit for just a few minutes, and is surprised to see the car already pulling to a stop at the rear of the football stadium downtown. She parks, exits her Prius, and makes a beeline for her roommate. Misty! <laughs> she bellows. All women yeah. in our book just sound like a falsetto man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Misty turns her face to her, her expression a mixture of pain and disorientation. I don't feel right, she says. 
I think I can help. Emma says reassuringly. I'm going to steal from the gravity of this moment. I, I know. Mickey Mouse. I know. Voice. Pulling a copy of a small trifold tract from her coat pocket. It bears the words, God has a dispensational plan for your life in big 90s font letters. Misty accepts it, her eyes vacant, which Emma has learned is a surefire sign that this is the conversion scene. Oh, that is really jaded and dark. That's solid, though. Van Shrimpy mops the sweat from his brow and cracks his knuckles. The first quarter is done, and he has a brief window of rest. Via Strongbow, the Bible scholar has scored 68 points in one quarter, which he is pretty sure constitutes a new league record. He fills his mouth with Gatorade, swishes it back and forth, then spits it out in surprise, spraying the wall of computer monitors as the door to the closet-slash-command center flies open, letting in a wall of harsh light. Crammed shoulder-to-shoulder across the open doorway are Louis Ironsides, Reginald Faustus, Sylvia Lavord, and Rabbi Pastor Yeshua ben Avraham. They're all pointing guns at him, save the Rabbi Pastor, who seems to be holding a small (laughs) walkie-talkie. Dr. Van Shrimpy twists his wrists slightly, causing the nunchucks up his sleeve to slip down quietly and (laughs) land in the palm of his hand. Yes. Don't try anything cute, Rabbi Pastor warns, his clerical robes billowing from a gust of (laughs) sub-basement air. You see this remote control? I push the button, and the ASFL homing device goes boom, and that's the end of your precious Ted Strongbow. Mm. Van Shrimpy grins. Why are we at odds like this? Didn't you all sign a pledge? You know why, Ironside spits. You abandoned the dispensational faith, you heretic. Mwah! <laughs> he laughs darkly. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You switched to the fourth edition Schofield notes. <laughs> that wasn't the deal. We signed on to follow you in accordance with the third edition. Everything's gone mad because of you. Now drop whatever you're hiding there and come out of the closet. The nunchucks clatter to the floor. You don't know what you're doing, Van Trippy says, still smiling. Oh, yeah? The rabbi, formerly known as Josh, pushes the little red button. Alex and Kate burst out the rear door of the stadium. In the distance, they see Misty standing in the rain, reading some sort of brochure, while a girl with a battered, puffy face holds an arm around her. Alex is simultaneously ashamed of being seen with Kate, and irate that his girlfriend has apparently been making out with his hero. He opens his mouth to shout her name, but before he can make a noise, Misty's head disappears with a hollow thud and a shower of blood. (laughs) Emma is now covered head to toe in the stuff. Everyone just stares in shock. A tiny part of Alex is just a little bit relieved that an awkward conversation has been avoided. Oh, that's dark. Ted, let me make an observation about your reading today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know how you told me you've had a whole lot of caffeine? Yeah. <laughs> You're rocking back Am and I really? forth. Oh, that's funny. great. All right. Van Shrimpy nudges his head back toward the monitor broadcasting's ESPN. Strongbow's fine, isn't he? He asks, without looking back. Did you really think I wouldn't cover every possible contingency? Faustus sneers. You forgot that we've got three guns on you. Cover that contingency. And you forgot that 25 years ago, each of you whispered his greatest fear right into my ear. Dude, this is really getting good. (laughs) I wonder what will happen next. Edith's Daisy Dukes are soaked with rain and rippling in the wind. 
She twists the motorcycle's throttle all the harder, throwing a sidelong glance at the sidecar. Full to overflowing with guns and ammunition, Faustus had packed into his Escalade earlier that morning. She gently fingers the barcode tattoo on the back of her neck, the one that Dr. Tim Van Shrimpy gave her right before the rapture fiasco of 1988. (laughs) A sign along I-76 tells her, 17 miles to Denver. Her voice is lost in the wind and rain, but all the same, she keeps slurring the same words over and over again. Carol Ann, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Baby, that is the end of Chapter 23, Dispin Sensational. This has been the Gut Check Podcast. We will see you next time.